So what have you been up to, Sister Patience? I've been trying to finish a novel I've been writing for ages. Ooh, fancy. Trying not to get distracted with how it's formatted and how it's written, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to actually writing the content. Yeah, yeah, how it's written is just as important, though. I feel like that's the case. Mm-hmm. But I've ended up writing my own markdown language just to do that. Uh-huh. Maybe that's a bit overkill. So how's the process go for you when writing? Are you, like, just start the story and go beginning to end? Or do you, like, have to kind of map it out first? Or <laughs> do you put a rock in a hat? I think that this story has been written all over the place and I'm now discovering ways of organising it in a better way. Ah, So how long have you been working on it for then? Uh, Since I moved back to, well, no, actually. It's had many iterations. Mm -hmm. Christy's actually read an early version of it. Okay. This version of it's going to be a fair bit different. The overall story will be kind of similar. I think I update it every few years based on new experiences that I've had along the way. Is it about a space captain leading adventures into the galaxy? <laughs> no, it's nothing like that at all. Ah, it's very no, much it's set right here in Australia. Mm. <laughs> See, that's one of the many, many things I want to do that I have trouble with is I've got so many story ideas I want to write and I don't have any idea how to start or how to go about it. I'm just like, how do I get it out of here and down on paper? I sympathise, Paul. It's not as easy as it sounds. No. It's easy to talk about it. It's less easy to come up with something that's cohesive. Mm. I remember (laughs) this originally started as a screenplay and I sent it to a friend Mm. who I'd bounced ideas off it with. And I asked him about it later and he said, I really didn't understand what was happening. (laughs) Yeah. That was quite educational to hear that. It's good to know that how you're presenting yourself, nobody else gets. (laughs) Did he mean like the plot, like the point of the story? I think so, yeah, and that is so important. So where are you, Sister Christy? I'm looking after one cat, Freddie. Um, and That cat just really brushed her off there, didn't it? It's like, <laughs> don't go touching me, bitch. I didn't tell you you could do that. And Ramon, but he's probably upstairs. Uh, so, yes, for the listeners at home, we've spoken about her oft, but we have yet to hear her voice speak to us from on high. Uh, Sister Christy, of course, long-term uh, putter-upper of Sister Patience. I think that's an excellent way to put it, Paul. Long-term putter-upper of Sister Patience. <laughs> and housemate and occasional off-microphone contributor to the show, but we actually have her on with us tonight. Yes. Hello. How does it feel, Sister sorry, Sister Christy? Is this like <laughs> is this like a dream come true moment for you tonight, is it? Don't worry, Patience has forgotten my name as well. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lump on the back of my lip I keep biting mid-conversation. I didn't forget your name. I temporarily couldn't speak. <laughs> Quite all right. Christy wasn't making that up, though, Mm. for, like, the first month or so. When we were going out, there were times when I would forget her name. It's not that I totally forgot her name, but I'd have to sit there really thinking about it and it just wouldn't come. And then 15 seconds later, ah, that's her name. I just had this really slow seek time. I don't know what's wrong with me. Did you have any of those awkward kind of looking her purse to try to see if her driver's license is in there while she's in the (laughs) toilet moments or anything? No. Ah. See, that would make the sitcom funnier. It would have been a better story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I forget names a lot. I worry, in fact, I can meet people now and forget their names straight away. But if it's someone I want to have an intimate relationship with, I do tend to make a few notes. Ah, right. Try to remember that name. Yeah, kind of an important one to try to remember. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Then again, you struggle with your own name sometimes as well. Lots of struggling. So no, Sister Christy on the podcast finally. I have my screen split with Zencaster on one side and Nephi on the other. Nephi! Before you had to start putting up with listening to Sister Patience, editing this and recording it every week, <laughs> had you heard about this wonderful book or Mormons? My introduction to Mormonism was probably in about... 
2006, I think it was. Oh, I should have looked up the name of the movie beforehand. Oh. <laughs> I just want to look it up now. <laughs> was it one of the Mormon mocking movies? No, it was like a gay Mormon movie. Oh. I think there's a few gay Mormon movies, isn't there? Not official Mormon movies. No. I mentioned it in the group ages ago. Do you watch gay movies in general? Is, um, <laughs> you know, do, do you Google gay religious movies or anything? Uh, not overly. It was recommended by a friend. Oh, okay. I watch all sorts of movies. <laughs> <laughs> It's called Latter Days from 2003. It's like a romantic drama, I guess. Yeah. But it has a happy ending. It's a Mormon missionary, right, that falls in love with... Yeah, someone they door knocked on or neighbour. Oh, not the guy they were living with. That's interesting. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> it reminds me of a story from my mission, actually. We had an investigator that had been coming to church events for ages and no one could get him to actually make the commitment to get baptised and join the church. And all the missionaries were trying to figure out why. At the time I was dealing with him, I a Japanese companion who was just hell-bent, you know, I have to be the missionary that's finally going to baptise this guy. And I could see a mile off what the problem was, okay? Uh, he, he wasn't out in public about it, but it was very clear. Oh, right. We went over one night to have a talk with him and, and my companion was going for hours trying to find out what the problem was and why he wouldn't get baptised and what was happening. Uh, and I'm just sitting there like, uh, <laughs> you're trying to sell dogs to a person that likes cats, man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, at the end of it, he still couldn't find the true reason why this guy couldn't get baptised and we left. And then he wanted to go to the chapel and pray for an answer to why this guy won't get baptised. I'm surprised the guy put up with it for so long. My companion prayed forever about this guy. Eventually I had enough. I was like, um, dude, he's gay. <laughs> And he refused to believe it. Yeah, you know, no, no, it has to be something else. It has to be. <laughs> Poor naive Mormons that don't see it. <laughs> Other than that, I think the only time Mormonism ever came up was my confusion because I thought that it was just like one of the denominations of Christianity. Like, oh, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell them they're not Christian. <laughs> I would occasionally hear more stock standard Christians saying that it was a cult and yeah. not a part of Christianity. And then I'd just be like, what? <laughs> because I don't know which denominations are Christian and which aren't. To me, it's like, if it's all about Jesus, then it's Christian, isn't it? Because <laughs> I'm not Christian, so how would I know? <laughs> Another funny story since I'm reminiscing. One of my dad's big victories as a Mormon, we were trying to enter a team into the Christian soccer competition. We'd been playing in it for years, but we wanted to put together an official team. So they put in the application for the Mormon team and they knocked it back. And we're like, why? This is the all-Christian soccer association, isn't it? We're Christians, we'd like to join us. No, no, you have to believe in the Trinity, not the Godhead. Oh. So you're not the all-Christian soccer association, you're the Trinity-believing Christian soccer association. So there'd be other denominations that they would exclude then as well? Yeah, yeah, but when they couldn't use that argument, eventually they let the Mormon team in. Oh, did okay. they? Wow. Yes. So my dad was the inaugural president of the Mormon soccer team. Uh, and it's still going, apparently. I believe that they are still in operation. He must be so proud about that. He was. Soccer was his thing, uh, so that was his moment. <laughs> so I have taken the leaf out of Sister Patience's book and I'm drinking water out of a large receptacle. <laughs> ah. So how is your recovery from Omicron going, Paul? Yeah. You sound pretty good. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. I can leave the house tomorrow. Yay! So, yeah, that's all clear. Last Tuesday and then Wednesday was the worst of it. Yeah. As you noticed with your tireless editing <laughs> efforts last week. I just thought it made you sound cool. Yeah, you really <laughs> do want me to be a smoker, don't you? So I'm going to have a gravelly <laughs> voice all the time. Ah, uh, you do whatever you need to, Paul. Sure, I won't ever get to finish reading the book with you. I'll die before we get to the end of it, a throat <laughs> cancer or something. But, you know, for the show and your pleasure, why not? I don't know who I'd replace you with, Paul. I want you to stick around to the end. Christy, you're going to have to start smoking next because you're going to have to take my place. I don't think so. She's appalled that I find it so cool. <laughs> well, no, it's just that I find it so uncool. <laughs> tomato, tomato. It should be pointed out that Christy was raised without any religion. Hurrah! Well, no, I had the state-sanctioned half an hour in school oh, every week. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. But, but you don't actually have to believe that. you just got to no. kind of clap along and do the colour-ins and stuff. Colour-in the Jesus. Yeah. I remember asking my mum as a kid, 
why I had to go when we didn't go to church on Sunday or anything like that. Mm. And she basically said that her and a bunch of the other parents got together at one point when it was being introduced and they didn't want any of us to be bullied or excluded by the majority of the kids that would potentially be attending. And so they decided to have us go for that reason only. Oh, they're worried that the Christians would bully you. Well, just that if we were the few kids taken out of class to go sit in the library, that we might get picked on or whatever. And I'm just like, right. That's so weird, isn't it? And then the kids that were taken out weren't ever picked on in my memory. (laughs) Actually, most kids wanted to be us. They're all like, how did you manage to get out of it? Tell me what you did. Uh Take me with you. Yep. Getting out of church or any religious activity is usually a cool thing in its own right. Yeah. That floors me. In high school, one of my closest friends was Jehovah's Witness, which I actually didn't even know until one of her little brother's friends came up to us in between class once and asked her straight out if she was Jehovah's Witness. And she was just like, yeah, do you have a problem with that? (laughs) She always got out of religious education and then I knew why, but I was always so jealous that she got to go to the library or whatever for that period. And we had to deal with the school chaplain, although most of the kids just kind of picked on things that he said to like point out the stupidity of it all. That's got to be a tough gig. He copped a lot of shit for it. (laughs) And so he should. Mm. If he's putting himself out there, he's got to take those difficult questions from those (laughs) developing minds. Shitty teenagers. (laughs) And By high school, it wasn't just volunteers from the local churches. It was the chaplain. And so he had to teach us about like various religions, even though Mm. he was Christian. So he would mostly focus on Christianity, but he had to teach us like the timeline of all the different religions and all of that. And I would try to debate with the chaplains and stuff and see who could out-Christian the other one. Like a constant thing of, my Christianity is true. No, my Christianity is true. And in the end, neither of us won. (laughs) (laughs) Except he probably still goes to church. So in that case, I say I win. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But you see, the weird thing with me was I was so hardcore in my faith that I was constantly trying to convert other Christians. I could find fault with every single religion except my own. Mm. I was like so close to being sceptic back then. I just had to go that extra step and be like, why aren't I asking the questions of those guys of my own church? Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was the extent of my experience with Mormonism or learning about it. I probably only sort of heard about it as an adult. My only other encounters with Christians were the local church's minister. His eldest son was in my year level for all seven years of primary school. Mm. And so he arranged all the volunteers that would do the weekly religious education, or what I call Christian education, because it wasn't religious education. Yeah. <laughs> Christian education. Nope, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Christian indoctrination. It was really just repetitive, you know, saying the Lord's Prayer or whatever it is at the start of each lesson each week. Oh, they do that, would they? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, our school didn't do that. But it was funny, actually. My primary school didn't, but then Mitchelton Primary School did. And so when we started Year 8 at Mitchie, we would hear the primary school loudspeakers reciting the Lord's Prayer every morning. Whoa. No, we didn't have that. (laughs) It was just in class with the volunteer. And then in high school, we didn't have even the Lord's Prayer in religious education. But, yeah, the volunteers were pretty average and most of the time it would just be (laughs) filler in between the sort of typical holiday stuff. So in the lead up to Easter, then it would be all about the crucifixion and all of that. And then Mm. in the lead up to Christmas, it was all the Jesus birth story. Every year it was like always the same stuff. It's not like we really learnt that much from the Bible. Well, that's all you need to know anyway, really, isn't it? Just, you know, baby Jesus was born and then they killed him and the Easter rejoiced. (laughs) (laughs) It still didn't really make much sense to me. That's because it doesn't. No. (laughs) It's because, yeah, when you really look into it, it doesn't make sense. Patience has had to field all my questions over the last eight years or whatever in me trying to comprehend it because it just, it makes no sense to me. It never will. I think I've wrapped my mind around most of it now, but yeah. I think unless you were exposed to it at a very young age, it never makes sense no matter how hard you try. (laughs) Yep. Which is why it shouldn't be taught in schools 
reason people should have to wait till they're 18 to be legally allowed to join any religion. Ooh. Watch the numbers decline if that happens. On Facebook, I follow some of the organisations that are trying to get religious education out of schools in Queensland because I know it depends on the states and we'd have to have a referendum to get rid of it and all of that. I'd be in favour of either getting rid of it entirely or each term a different world religion being taught. So it's religious education, not forced Christianity down their throats. But even then, I think it should only really start maybe in high school, not primary school. Yeah, yeah, it's like just part of history or something. When we were being taught about it in primary school, we were being told, like, this is what happened as though it actually happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was taught as fact. But... I think because of like all of the magical stuff that goes on, like all the miracles and stuff, I think that I just automatically compared it to like fairy tales and stuff like that. Mm. And so that's how it always came across to me. That is very easy to do. At the same time, I think naturally converting it to fairy tales in your mind is not a very common thing. I think that's wonderful. You obviously had this very sceptical way of seeing the world right from the get-go, and I don't think that everybody has that. You don't have the mystic chip. I mean, I definitely had one recurring dream in primary school that involved the sort of typical depictions of hell and the devil and all of that, but I think that it was kind of maybe prompted by um, this little figurine thing around Valentine's Day that was like this little devil and it was like meant to be cute, but it was like, it said something on it like horny devil or something like that. Ah, that old classic. (laughs) And so I think just getting the religious education and hearing about hell and then having like the imagery, although it was cartoonish, there's obviously other imagery in society growing up (laughs) to do with hell and the devil and all of that. And so I think it just kind of made its way into my head regardless. Yeah, it's pervasive. But it never bothered me too much. So I I didn't fully buy into it or anything. (laughs) Good. Good, good, good. In early high school, I had to go to three Christian camps. Oh, Christian camps. Tell us about these, Christy, because they're hair-raising. They were targeted to single-parent kids, obviously trying to gain access to more vulnerable kids to get them to be born again. You don't have a family, we'll be your family. (laughs) It's creepy, isn't it? And I don't think they even realise it's creepy. Mm. Yeah, it came off as creepy, but I also could see that they thought they were doing something good. Yeah. The first one was just for a weekend and then the other two were for a week over New Year's between grade 8 and grade 9 and then grade 9 and grade 10. So do you have one of those, that one time at Bible camp story? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... It wasn't too heavy on the religion. Like once a day, they would make us sit around in circles in the afternoon and they'd read some passages from the Bible and try to impart some message, but it would always be abstract as it always is with biblical texts. Then they had some speakers come and talk to us who were also trying to like go with the whole abstinence, you know, safe sex education, all of that. Because that totally works. (laughs) That must have been so weird to just be like on a holiday and all of a sudden they just come out with, Okay, we're going to talk about sex now. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of raging hormonal teens in a confined <laughs> area with each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Duh. one day you're water skiing at some place up the coast, and then the next night you're listening to some Christian rock band that's trying to drag everyone to the front to like kneel down in front of them to ask Christ to <laughs> let them be born again. <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse, that or that lead singer that pissed on the audience member a few weeks ago. (laughs) What? I haven't heard about that. Oh, you didn't hear that story? Yeah, there's some female vocalist just bent over mid-song and sprayed piss over a couple of people in the audience. Yeah. Pulled an R. Kelly. Was it like an accidental urination or what happened? No, no, it was a deliberate thing. Lady in question had to apologise later. Oh, my God. That's so weird. I would rather be pissed on by her than go to one of those Christian rock concerts and (laughs) bow down at the front of the stage. They were so emo and they were just being so manipulative. Yeah, I was just really skeeved out by it. And in the end, I just looked around the room and everyone had gone forward, all these teenagers from like 13 to 16, kneeling down at the front. And I'm sitting on a table at the back 
thinking, oh, maybe I should just so that they don't see that I'm the only one that didn't go down to the front so that <laughs> yeah, they don't like, yeah. question me about it later. Yeah. But I was so glad that I didn't in the end because mm. I've never even been baptised. I don't want to be born again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be born the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out too well for me the first time round. Why would I want to do it again? <laughs> Hey, Paul, did you ever mm. have like altar call things like what Christy described there where there'd be some sort of message or song or whatever and then people would come towards the front of the room and get prayed on? Or... No, we were a very reverent religion, the Mormons. Ah. Dignified and reverent. Oh, so dignified. So like, you know, if you gave a blessing to someone who was sick, for example, you know, the evangelicals love to do the, and in the name of Jesus, sir. <laughs> Where Mormons are, you know, lay your hands on the head with a little bit of olive oil, say a nice little prayer. <laughs> you know, sacrament meetings will strictly sit down. <laughs> Except for the one song halfway through, they get you to stand to sing, probably just to wake you up and stir the blood flow a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> it's hard to picture a hymn stirring the blood, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, sacrament meetings, it was just an old lady with an organ. There was no bands or anything like that. Was... Oh, an old lady's organ. Paul, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was always the oldest lady too. Oh, the she oldest was, lady. Yeah. Look, they like to tinkle the ivories too, you know. They do. You never grow out of that sort of stuff. They still like to be strung every now and then. <laughs> Each cabin had an older kid, like a 17 or 18-year-old, who was one of the kids who'd been born again on like a previous camp. Ah, uh, so come back and help others. Yeah, they were watching <laughs> all the younger kids. And yeah. so at one of the camps... The one in our cabin, she asked us if any of us had been like slain in the spirit. I've since found out was what it was called. I don't know if she actually said that at the time. And um, she did that to one girl who like fell backward and passed out or whatever. And <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool, try it on me. And so she tried and I just wound up standing there like it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it doesn't yeah. do anything unless you get emotions involved. Mm. Yeah. In the end, she was just like, okay, I guess it's not working right now. Like Maybe we can try again later. And then we never did. Jesus isn't working right now. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. run out of batteries. You want to turn him off and on again or, or <laughs> plug him into the wall? I guess I just needed to be more suggestible. That's right. Yeah, it's all your fault for having a brain. How dare you? <laughs> I think that's so kick-ass. Yeah. I just love that you went to those Christian camps and just didn't get into it at all. That's mm. really knowing your mind. How many others were there, though, that didn't seem to get into it? Like, surely you weren't the only one kind of sitting there going, yeah, no. Well, that was a pretty emo band that were, like, really getting to people's emotions. Uh... I'm sure that there were kids that went forward and knelt down and were doing whatever they were doing. I don't even know because they were facing away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The singer was, like, directing them to, like, do stuff, put their arms up and say particular things, like, kind of chants. Making teenagers depressed is like shooting a fish in a barrel, isn't it? So. But I'm sure there were some kids that were just going along with it to, like, not be left out. Most of them would have been, I would imagine. <laughs> some were, like, crying, yeah. just losing it, and I was just, whoa, this is really fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I would have to just spoil the mood by, you know, shaking a can of soft drink and spraying it or something like that <laughs> just to kind of break the tension. <laughs> Woo! Party! Oh, they had, like, massive speakers and were just... Oh, yeah, they always do. ...miked and super loud. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have competed with them. Yeah. They had, like, a full drum kit and everything. Like, yeah, yeah. It's really loud. Yeah, there was a Christian rock band that was really badass and doing a nationwide tour and, you know, they commented that they're often told to turn the volume down, mostly by the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more perlers like that one. Oh, I'm not zingers this evening, ladies and gentlemen. COVID has not sullied my razor-sharp wit. Is there anything else religion-related you wanted to share, Christy? No, I've avoided it since then. Uh, I got out of the once-a-week youth group thing that got me invited to those camps. So have you read any scripture? Like, have you read any sections of the Bible or anything? Yeah, there's another podcast I listen to that's going through the Bible. Ah. Uh, but... 
I'd read up to like Deuteronomy or something when I was around that age, when I was going to those camps and stuff, because I wanted to understand it. And then through that youth group, which mostly like we just did fun activities and stuff like ice skating or going to the drive-in movies and stuff like that. Like it wasn't religious stuff, but I did end up joining a Bible study, but it didn't last very long because I would go and I would ask them questions, you know, in trying to understand the text and they would just get irritated that (laughs) they had to explain. Things. You're not meant to ask questions. You're meant to read and pray and testify about it. You're not meant to ask questions. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it's like, what's the point in reading it then? <laughs> Yeah, I think going into it, I thought that we would be starting at the beginning and then going through and understanding it. And no, they were just picking and choosing passages. Yeah. And then they just wanted to read like a section and then say what the moral of that was or whatever and then move on to the next thing. And I'm just like, where's the context? (laughs) Ours was always, what scriptures touched you most this week? (laughs) <laughs> and then, yeah, we'd have to break out and be like, oh, you know, I was reading Second Nephi chapter 25 and oh, I read this verse. and The whispering through the dust, Paul. Yeah, I just really needed that. It just helped me get through my day. What scriptures did they use when they would pray about somebody that they wanted to ask to marry? There must have been a lot of hormones involved in that. Oh, yeah, 99.99% horniness. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Find someone willing to marry you as soon as possible, get married and go and do the nasty. Were there any go-to scriptures that you would read while contemplating that or would it be pretty much, ah, oh, Jesus, fuck, I'm horny? Yeah, yeah. That was in Song of Solomon somewhere, I believe, oh, yes. that, that, those verses. Um, <laughs> somewhere in the Bible, I can't think of where, but it's got something like, neither is a man without a woman nor a woman without a man in the Lord or something like that. Oh. Basically just means men and women are meant to be married. Oh, isn't that fun? That was pretty much it. You've frozen. I think Paul's face is frozen. Screenshot of this before I reboot, because that is a funny face. That's what my face looks like when I get Botox. Oh, it's always fun recording with Paul. You just never know what might happen. Da, 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 da. Oh, that's better, Paul. There we go. I'm back. Baby, I'm back. Is that a uh, Sister Patience original? No, that's Lights. Her favourite. Prodigal Daughter. Oh, that's right. That's Flip right. the pillar to the cool side. <laughs> to the dry side. Love magic feminism. I don't need superstition. Laying naked on the poolside. Anyway, there you go. Sorry, I, I thought we were off into a concert there. I was just going to sit back and enjoy the show. Oh, just uh, singing some fantasies. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Sister Christy, your hair today, I like it. Maybe she's born with it. (laughs) Maybe it's Maybelline. It's just Christy. She's got this lovely, thick, curly hair. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. So, Paul, you had some news stories. I did. There's a couple of financial Mormon things going down which make me laugh. Fire away. Story number one, one of the richest men in Utah has uh, <laughs> resigned the church quite publicly and um, gone at the church for how they misuse their tithings. He's pushing for the church to make their finances public, which would also be awesome. Transparency, it's great. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of religions don't have to show their tax and financial records and stuff. In Australia, they don't have to. So I think if people in the church actually started to see how churches are spending their money, they might be less willing to give it. I think he donated a whole bunch of money to basically help students at BYU change universities. Yeah, yeah, he made a six hundred grand donation to that one or something. Yeah, it was to help like LGBTQ students change to the state university rather than right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. That's it. So it's cool that he put his money where his mouth is. Yeah, he basically just said a big fuck you to the church and said, well, I'll do what you don't do. Now, not a Mormon, but well, we're talking about misappropriation of church money. Did you hear about that Joel Olstein? No, who's that? He's a really famous evangelical TV pastor. He came up during some national disaster where he could have helped people and then just didn't. Yeah, after Hurricane Katrina, when a whole city of millions of people was wiped out, he refused to open his church for homeless people to stay. 
Italian. So anyway, yeah, he's got a $25 million mansion. He just bought a $2 million Ferrari. God wants him to go fast. Yeah, God needs him to get to church quickly. Into a brick wall. Uh, well, <laughs> herein lies the joke. A plumber doing some work in one of their toilets found a bag of $400,000 cash behind one of the brick walls in the toilet. And mysteriously, the same amount of money was reported as stolen from the church just a couple of years earlier. Right. So this plumber's done the right thing. It must have been so hard for the guy. He's found a bag of $400,000. I mean, how tempted would you be to just say, yoink, don't ask, don't tell? He got a $20,000 reward for his troubles, but still. It's so amusing that now this is the sort of thing they're getting into trouble for, money stuff, whereas back in the 80s and 90s, it was always some major sexual sin that rocketed to the headlines about these Oh, yeah, yeah, people. yeah. They were there preaching against the gays while secretly um, (laughs) being pedophiles and stuff. Oh, it wasn't even that. Just regular adult gay sex, stuff that was no problem at all, but just because they didn't believe in it. Yeah. It'd still be a scandal now, though, even if some of those things came to light because of the double standard. Yeah. It still happens in their big Christian conventions. There's numerous stories of pastors preaching abstinence and non-gay stuff on stage and then getting some doodle backstage. See, it's just because God gave them such big dicks that they need extra big mouths in order to handle it. So, I mean, who are they going to go to? I mean, most Mm. women are pretty small, right? So they need a man-sized mouth, Paul. Yeah, there you go. You don't see a lot of women with Mick Jagger lips, do you? Julie Roberts has got big lips. That's true. You got me there, Paul. Mm -hmm. You make excellent points. I do. I'm always full of excellent points. You know that. All right. What was your other news story? Oh, yeah, the musical dude. Yeah, yeah. So basically he's got a lot of money now, but years ago he was a faithful member of the church. He went to the bishop and asked for help paying for his mortgage and the church gave him $40 for food. (laughs) And I bet it was a fucking voucher too, not actual food. How does that work? When I last recall, what they do is if you were struggling, you go to the church, you get permission from the bishop first, and then he would arrange for someone from the Relief Society to go with you to buy shopping. They would pay for it and keep a receipt, and then the church would reimburse it later on. Because they didn't trust you with, like, a gift card or anything like that. You need a mummy to go with you to make sure you're only buying nutritional food. Well, I mean, if she's hot. No, no, it's always one of the older ladies in the ward as well, so. Paul, you're just painting such a depressing story. I know, I know. But yeah, it's not like you go somewhere for food vouchers or a soup kitchen. You get asked a lot of questions. You have to explain to the bishop why you're in financial hardship, how long you think you're going to be in it for. Don't stop paying tithing. That's a funny one that they still use. Having said that, though, the tithe will be pretty minuscule because it's a sliding scale, Paul. No, it's not. It's always 10%. But that has a built-in scale. Yeah, I guess, yeah, 10% of welfare is not going to work out too much. No, you know the Jesus parable? A rich man goes to give offerings to the church and gives thousands of coins to the church and a little old lady goes up and throws a single coin in as the donation and then the Pharisee's like, ah, who actually gave the most? And Jesus is like, the old lady gave the most because she gave all she had, whereas the rich man just gave a portion of what he had. Right, yes. So that always guilt you using that one for tithing. It's like, you know, or as long as you always pay tithing to God, he'll look after you. Is that what the denominations that are all about you must tithe to prosper or whatever. What's it called? Prosperity doctrine, I think they yeah, call them. it. Mormons don't call it that. That is basically it. You know, pay your tithing and the Lord will look after you financially. Right. <laughs> Okay. You don't have enough money to pay your bills this week. Let's okay, pay tithing and the Lord will find a way for you to pay your bills. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Yeah, yeah. That's how his blessings will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, for example, what they will do, you know, is if you go and you're having financial hardship, you go see a bishop, he will find someone in the ward to sit down and work on a budget with you. <sighs> and then they pretty much just suggest, why don't you call the people you owe bills to and see if you can do a payment plan. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, there's no, oh, let us help you with that bill or, you know, anything like that. It's, you know, Oh, pay your tithing. The Lord will make a way. Oh, why don't you just call them and ask? There you go. The Lord made a way. It's a miracle. Yes, it's a miracle. How about that? Long story short, if you are poor, don't go to the Mormon church for help. No. If you're anything other than straight and white, don't go to the Mormon church for help. If you're a human, don't go to the Mormon church. That's even better. If you're horny, don't go to the Mormon Definitely church. Definitely don't or go to the Mormon church. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, definitely don't go to the Mormon church for that. Yeah, you'll have the next 40 years of your life hearing nothing but, oh, I don't like that. Oh, wait, no, no. I just want to have a baby. I think that would be a lot of people's experience even out of the church, Paul. Yeah, it seems like most of that was just women. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know who really understood women? Women? Nephi. Nephi understood oh. women because he talks about them so often, remember? Yeah. But, Paul, you haven't really told us about this second story because oh, it gets okay, so much so better. That's right. I went on a real tangent there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. You missed the best bit of the story. <laughs> yes, yeah, so years later now is a very rich man. He's fighting back against the church where he's written a musical called God's <laughs> Shepherds where he basically just makes fun of the church's billion-dollar portfolio in uh, musical form. So I will have to watch it sometime. I hope I can. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I saw that the tickets were pretty cheap, yeah. but I hope that he makes it available to watch online. It's obviously not a big Broadway show or whatever, it's just a smaller scale thing, but still very funny. The good news is we know somebody who lives in the town where it's going to be on show in Ogden. Oh, yes. Brother Brandon, who was on a couple weeks ago. There you go. We've got the second interview coming up in a few days that we're going to record with him. Well, we're going to have to ask him to go to this musical and then give us a review. I've already messaged him and said, oh, <laughs> this is in March. It's only 19 bucks. Why don't you go along? And then once you've seen it, please come on the pod yeah. and tell us all about it. There you go. Both of these articles is really to do with the whole rumour that the church has about $100 billion worth of cash. Oh, it's not a rumour, it's confirmed. Like floating around in stocks and stuff. Yep. And didn't you say the other week that if we're realistic, there's probably only about 2 million Mormons worldwide? I would imagine so. Actual active, hardcore, going all the time. It'd only be a handful. I did some math. Yeah. If you take 100 billion and divide it by 2 million, everybody in the church could get a payout of 50 grand. Nice. I've often thought of that. I was like, you know, <laughs> if they just refunded us all the tithing we paid, for all those years. How much would we get back? Yeah, they could help pay mortgages when people are in financial strife. Yeah. Given that they have enough to give every one of their members 50 grand, imagine what they could do if they just kept it for the needy. Uh, well, I guess you would figure out the interest on that yeah. each year so then they would only be spending the interest. Right. Should we get in and try to read this book? I'm ready. We're in Chapter 24, right? Oh, hell no. No? No, we finished chapter 26. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yep, moving on. 26. I'm on the wrong page. What has Omicron done to your brain, Paul? My it's brain. scrambled it. I He's lost the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's whole sections of my life seem to be going missing lately. It's, I'm kind of concerned about it, to be honest. Oh, dear. So tonight we've got 27 and 28. That's it. 27 and 28. It's part of the link for the Zencaster session that we're in. Just look up at your URL bar. It says it on there. That's right. But the reason I lament is because I read in the chapter heading again this thing that says compare Isaiah 29. What? No! Just when we thought we were out of the Isaiah plagiarising, oh. we are straight back fucking I in. I wondered about that. Oh, no. I am pretty sure now, though, that this is definitely the last one. Don't just build me up just to tear me down. I know, I know. I'm sure you'll be able to cope, okay? Oh, uh, cope. I believe in you. Cope. You're a strong, resilient woman. You can get through this. <laughs> I see commas. I see commas. Well, that's because it's Isaiah, probably. There's actually going to be some punctuation and grammar. This is amazing. There's commas. Wow. Isaiah was on it for this one. Okay. But behold, in the last days, or in the days of the Gentiles, yea, behold, all the nations of the Gentiles and also the Jews, both those who shall come upon this land and those who shall be upon other lands, yea, even upon all the lands of earth, behold, they will be drunken with iniquity and all manner of abomination. Yay! How do you get drunken with iniquity? Mm. It's like they're doing so much sinning that they're just high on the vibe of sinning, on a sinning spree. That's what I imagined. He couldn't be bothered naming each individual sin anymore. There's no. just too many. He's like, ah, oh, they're just drinking a lot of it. If I ever brew my own beer, though, I think I'm going to have to call it iniquity. And then you could get drunk on your own iniquity. Then I get drunk on my own iniquity <laughs> and it'll be awesome. <laughs> and when that day shall come, they shall be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder and with earthquake and with great noise and with storm and with tempest and with flame of devouring fire. <sighs> That's very dramatic. Yeah, no, we've got to add it for effect or it's just not worth reading. 
and all the nations that fight against Zion and that distress her shall be as a dream of a night vision. Yea, it shall be unto them, even as unto a hungry man which dreameth. Are you a hungry man, Paul? I am a hungry man who dreameth, yes. And do you have night vision goggles like this guy does? No, but well done for forethought. They were conceiving night vision goggles before glasses even existed, so. And distressed clothing. Yeah, well, we've always had issues with clothing, haven't we? That's nothing new. <laughs> And behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. That's so stupid. We're eating souls now? What the fuck? Or like unto a thirsty man which dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite. Yea, so shall the multitude of all nations be that fight against Mount Zion. Is this really Isaiah 29? I think I want to confirm that. It doesn't sound like Isaiah. It sounds as dumb as Smitty. Is this one of these ones where Smitty had to adjust some of the words, perhaps? It sounds like someone wrote it who was fasting, so they were a bit delirious and hungry. <laughs> Oh, you are right. He's not just straight up quoting Isaiah there. Yeah. That's a completely different verse according to this one that I'm looking at here. Mm. It's similar. It's kind of paraphrased by the look of it. I think that was the part of Isaiah that Smitty didn't learn by heart very well. And yeah, he just sort yeah. of was like, oh, shit, I'll just... Oh, this is the fan fiction section. Yeah, that's right. He's putting his own spin on the classic characters. He's refining the classics. Yes, yes. I heard Gordon Ramsay say that today. There's nothing wrong with refining the classics. There you go. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay knows where it's at. For behold, all ye that doeth iniquity, stay yourselves and wonder, for ye shall cry out and cry. <laughs> Yay! Ye shall be drunken, but not with wine. Duh. Ye shall stagger, but not with strong drink. Yes, you just had to say it again because it yeah. was poetic. And it is actually in the book of Isaiah. Oh. So maybe he's just trying to drum that home. I'm reading Isaiah again. For behold, the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. Didn't he say that already too? <laughs> yeah, because you're saying like, yeah, you're going to go to sleep and your soul's going to eat you. <laughs> That's what he was saying back in verse 3, was it? They're going to go to sleep and wake up feeling hungry and thirsty. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. I read ahead earlier today and this whole thing seems really repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of just tripled down by having a look through Isaiah as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we're in a deja vu loop. For behold, ye have closed your eyes, and ye have rejected the prophets. Oh, again? And your rulers. Yeah, fuck them. And the seers hath he covered because of your iniquity. Hath he covered? Covered in what? Come? No, uh, yeah. I don't get it. Anyway. Maybe that they can't see the future or the predictions or whatever. Maybe covered their spiritual eyes. Mm. And it shall come to pass that the Lord God shall bring forth unto you the words of a book. And they shall be the words of them which have slumbered. Ah, oh, you see what he's building up to here? No. Oh. Book of the Dead? No, no, read on. Oh, sorry, it'll be Christy now with verse it's 7. It's Christy's time. Read on the podcast for the first time, Christy. All right, and you've got a good verse to start with. So read on here, okay? So think about it. He's talking about a book written by those who have slumbered. And behold, the book shall be sealed, and in the book shall be a revelation from God, from the beginning of the world to the ending thereof. Wherefore, because of the things which are sealed up, the things which are sealed shall not be delivered in the day of the wickedness and abominations of the people. Wherefore, the book shall be kept from them. But the book shall be delivered unto a man, and he shall deliver the words of the book, which are the words of those who have slumbered in the dust, and he shall deliver these words unto another. Hmm. Who might that be? I have no idea. A book written by people who have slumbered, so therefore an ancient book, let's say, that has been sealed off and kept from the world because the world was wicked. The golden plates? Yes! <laughs> and then it's going to be delivered to a man who shall deliver uh, the words from the dust. Joseph Smith is like, hey, I'm prophesying about myself. Uh, <laughs> Let me 
tell you about me? He's not just a man, he's a con man. We definitely have to see whether it mentions this book in Isaiah. Oh, yes, it is in there too. Really? Reading the book that has been sealed, the book shall be delivered saying, read the... He was saying, oh, that's right, the whole I'm not learned thing. Oh, we the things that we come through. <laughs> that just reminds me of last week with Brother Adrian uh, talking to his brother uh, saying, okay. you can make Isaiah mean absolutely anything. Okay, well, this one he's definitely got something he's going through. Okay, so it's my turn to read, isn't it? So, Oh, he's got something he's going through, does he, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm sure we can all relate to that. To continue Joseph Smith's self-fulfilling prophecy... <laughs> Okay. But the words which are sealed, he shall not deliver, neither shall he deliver the book. For the book shall be sealed by the power of God, and the revelation which was sealed shall be kept in the book until the own due time of the Lord, that they may come forth. For behold, they reveal all things from the foundation of the world until the end thereof. Does the Book of Mormon really have that much detail in it, though? Well, it's saying it's going to have everything, like, from the beginning of the foundation of the world, but it doesn't really... Really doesn't. Actually, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mention a lot at all about the formation of the earth and everything because it just tells the story about the Nephites. There you go, Joseph. You're a fucker. Yeah, he mustn't have decided how it was going to end when he wrote this first. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a wing. He's taken Isaiah 29, he's taken maybe three or four verses from it and then just like added to them and spread them out. And he's, he's basically just saying, oh, Isaiah spoke about a man in a book. I'm just going to say that that's me. <laughs> so where are we? Verse 11. And the day cometh that the words of the book which was sealed shall be read upon the housetops and they shall be read by the power of Christ and all things shall be revealed unto the children of men which ever hath been among the children of men and which ever will be until the end of the earth. They don't read it by the power of electric light bulb. Mm. They read it by the power of Christ, Paul. Yes. I wish Christ would show up and light my house a bit more often. My uh, power bills are just ridiculous. I know, right? Yeah, Jesus, where's your light? Come on. Jesus, power co. Wherefore, at that day when the book shall be delivered unto the man of whom I have spoken, Jesus Smith. The book shall be hid from the eyes of the world, and the eyes of none shall behold it, save it be three witnesses, like the ones they put in the front of the book. But didn't actually witness it. Yes, it's the ones. <laughs> it's like after they got to Utah, Brigham Young was rereading the book. He's like, oh, fuck, we got to put three witnesses in there. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that first time round. Who were they again? Oh, uh, yeah, let's let's say Whitmer and Cowdery. Yeah, they were good. Are they still in the church or have they left us? They left. Oh, shit. Which made it easier. They didn't need to ask permission. Mm. Okay. Three witnesses shall behold it by the power of God besides him to whom the book shall be delivered and they shall testify to the truth of the book and the things therein. The way he keeps talking about a book being delivered, it just makes me think that this is a future prophecy of Amazon com or something. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but also when he's saying it contains all things from the foundation of the world until the end, I'm like, well, the Book of Mormon doesn't have that, but Google does. Yeah. Isaiah was prophesying Google. Yeah. Definitely not the Book of Mormon, which despite what this verse claims, it actually has very little information about mankind and the history of the earth. <laughs> it's the history of one part of America and that is it, and it's not even real history. And what do we call someone who prophesies? Prophesize something that doesn't come true. False. That's right. And should you follow a false prophet? Um, <laughs> let me check my notes. No. That's right. Well, they're all false, so. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but just for all the religious people out there that aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> Verse 13, and there is none other which shall view it, save it be a few, according to the will of God, to bear testimony of his word unto the children of men, but not the children of women. No, no. For the Lord God hath said that the words of the faithful should speak as if it were from the dead. Well, this book certainly is as dreary as from the dead, so they got that right. Reading it can make a lot of people mind-numbingly dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel pretty dead inside right now, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was bad enough before we started. Now the existential dread inside us from this book is just too much. The existential dread? That's why the word I was looking for. <laughs> I'm not Englishing well today. As I was saying it, I'm like, that's not the word I'm looking 
It's the Omicron. Yes, it must be still fucking with me. It's just like when I would forget Christy's name. You're just forgetting words here and there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I had Omicron before Omicron was a thing. Maybe you're the one that created it in the lab and unleashed (laughs) it onto all of us. I'm onto you. (laughs) You know, it's weird when I point, we're not a visual podcast, nobody can see it. But I'm not even pointing to the camera, I'm pointing to my microphone. It's like, hang on, no, she's over there. <laughs> I've got to point to patients on the camera, not That's the microphone. Right. Not the microphone. I'm on to you. Oh, you're on to me, are you? Yeah, I know your game. Maybe one day we can do an episode on Twitch or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Long-term goals. That's where Drunk Bible Study are going for this year. Nice. <sighs> we'll set up one of those tickety-tock things. <laughs> yeah, you should get on there. TikTok's awesome. Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> That's where I first heard of ex-Mormon's stories. Oh, really? Around the time that you were starting this podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I've got my daughter and my friends are all telling me to get on TikTok. I'm like, you forget, grumpy old man. It's a really simple app. It's not complicated. Yeah. Yeah, you'd like it, Paul. It's so simple. No, well, see, the thing is, I guess the only exposure I've really had to it so far has been my daughter, and she only seems to watch really annoying videos <laughs> over and over and over and over again. Yeah, your algorithm would be a bit different. Yeah, yeah, I'm like... (laughs) You wouldn't want to show your daughter your algorithm. (laughs) Be like, Daddy, is this all the girls that you're interested in? Yes. (laughs) First 14... My dog just farted. Oh, gross. (laughs) I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Wherefore, the Lord God will proceed to bring forth the words of the book. Are we still talking about this fucking book? Yep, he's going to ramble on about this sealed book coming forward for another few (sighs) verses. And in the mouth of as many witnesses as seemeth him good, will he establish his word. I guess that's three, but not really even three. And whoa! Be unto him that rejecteth the word of God, exclamation point. Ooh, that's a big reject. But behold, it shall come to pass that the Lord God shall say unto him to whom he shall deliver the book. Okay, so we know he's going to deliver it to a man, all right? Mm, So that whittles it down by 50%. I'm surprised he didn't just throw the name Joseph in there just for good measure. But we all know who he's talking about. Right. Little point to... Oh, Joseph does have a little point, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, by all accounts. Very little point. But remember we were talking about the difference between God, Jesus, and God, Heavenly Father? Yeah, don't they have the same surname? Here's an example there. It refers to Lord. Lord God, okay? Anytime it's Lord God, that's Jesus. So God, God is just God, but Jesus is Lord God. So Jesus has a longer name. Yes, yes. He's a Lord and a God, not just a God. But again, not a lot of room on these plates. you got to keep the writing really small. Just saying Jesus instead of the Lord God might have helped save a little bit of space there, Nephi. (laughs) It might have saved a little bit of space, but they could have saved a whole lot more, as I proved in my stupid, ridiculously complex meme that I posted the other day, which I spent way too long on. (laughs) But I did show that basically you could whittle down for a pamphlet version of the Book of Mormon pretty easily. Definitely. I might do a cleaned up version of that that's a little easier to read and post it one day. Who knows? That'll work. Yeah. Or maybe I should just get on with my life and try and do some stuff that actually brings in money. That might be a good <laughs> idea, mightn't it, Paul? <laughs> you have some crazy ideas, girl. I know. Money. <laughs> money. Money instead, right? Oh, value in things. Ah, Jesus. Oh, suits you. Nah. <laughs> First 15. But behold. Oh, did I read some of that? I think some I did. Of, yeah. yeah. It shall come to pass that the Lord God shall say unto him, that's right, we know it's a him, to whom he shall deliver the book, I guess it's Jeff Bezos, take these words which are not sealed and deliver them to another, that he may show them unto the learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And the learned shall say, go fuck yourself. If only. They'll say, bring hither the book so that I can come into its pages and stick them together. Mm. I will read them. Now, what he is prophesying here is, remember earlier on we talked about the missing book of Lehi? Oh, right, yes. He's still cut about that, so he's worked it into his silly story. The story goes, Martin Harris and his wife took those 116 pages and a sample of the text from the gold plates and they took them to a scholar and showed the scholar the translation and the plates. In their version of events, the scholar said that he read the 
inscriptions and the translation and verified that it was accurate and true. Oh, of course. But then when the scholar asked where they got them from and Martin Harris told the story, the scholar then said he would not endorse it and he would have to read it and translate it himself, which is why we have this verse here. And the learned shall say, bring hither the book and I will read them. So once again, after it's happened in his actual life, Joseph Smith is writing it as if Nephi was predicting it 600 years earlier. It's almost like he's writing a novel and it's informed by his own life. Yes. I wonder who else would do something stupid like that. Hmm. Hmm. Most authors, actually. And would it be worth reading? I mean, this one certainly wasn't. I Mm. wonder if other people's novels like that would be worth reading. Well, I'm sure they're far more entertaining than what Joseph Smith came up with. Well, I think we're going to find out, aren't we? Yes, we are. Coming this summer or fall or something. (laughs) (laughs) How to Lead a Happy Life by Sister Patience. It's a little more riveting than that. Yeah, okay. I hope. So shall I read on through to 20? Because the next three are super short, so maybe treat them like one. Look at her taking one for the team for us. What a wonderful guest. She's like, you guys, you've read longer (laughs) chapters than me. I've got some short ones. Let's even the score. It's up to you. It's Christy's inbuilt balancing act. (laughs) Everything has to end up. Fair. That's right. Take it away then, Sister Christy. And now because of the glory of the world and to get gain will they say this and not for the glory of God. And the man shall say, I cannot bring the book for it is sealed. Then shall the learned say, I cannot read it. Wherefore it shall come to pass that the Lord God will deliver again the book and the words thereof to him that is not learned. And the man that is not learned shall say, I am not learned. Joseph Smith. Oh, my God. He just had to keep talking about this silly story that happened to him. Mormons love this because they love the narrative of Joseph Smith only had limited education. He was just a farm boy. He wasn't too intelligent. But here he was kicking the ass of an Egyptian scholar. Right, yeah. So the not learned man they're referring to there is Joseph Smith. Oh, right, okay. I thought he might have been referring to the fellow that wouldn't translate it. No, no, what they're saying is the smart man man couldn't translate the book but the not smart man could because he had the power of God to help him. So much power. Oh, Paul, I feel it coming on me now. Then shall the Lord God say unto him, the learned shall not read them for they have rejected them and I am able to do mine own work. Wherefore thou shalt read the words which I shall give unto thee. God just there said, I am able to do mine own work. When the fuck in any history of scripture... (laughs) Has Jesus done his own goddamn work? (laughs) He always gets humans to do his dirty work. Yeah, that's that's the whole shtick. And then he goes and punishes those humans that he gets to do his dirty work against his own people. He's the ultimate site supervisor, really, isn't he? He's like, I could do it, but I'm not going to. I want to watch you do it, okay? I like to watch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 21. Touch not the things which are sealed. That's right. You've got to watch, not touch. For I will bring them forth in mine own due time, for I will show unto the children of men that I am able to do mine own work. Wherefore, when thou hast read the words which I have commanded thee and obtained the witnesses which I have promised unto thee, then shall thou seal up the book again and hide it up unto me, that I may preserve the words which thou hast not read, until I shall see fit in mine own wisdom to reveal all things until the children of men. So what is it that he hasn't revealed to Joseph? Yeah. This again, it's about the Book of Mormon. So he's saying he will reveal it to Joseph Smith, who will then show it to the children of men, i.e. humans. But then, you know, he says he's going to take the book back. Oh. Which again, this is Joseph Smith predicting what's going to happen now. Okay, so at the end of this, because as we know, the gold plates mysteriously disappeared. That's right. He couldn't keep them around. That wouldn't yeah. work. So yeah. even before he's finished this so-called translation, he's already saying, oh, by the time I'm done, uh, just so you know, no, the gold plates aren't going to be around anymore. God's going to take them back, okay? So he's already covering up his own story before he even finishes it. And so all of that is this which was on the supposed gold plates? Yes. <laughs> yes, all of this that he's saying now is on these plates that he's translating. It's not a good story, is it? It's not well done. <laughs> it doesn't sound ridiculous at all, does it? Especially as he's stumbling over his words trying yeah. to tell this silly yeah. story in quite a bit of detail, back and forth. Forgetting stuff and then doubling back. But he's saying it in like prophesying tone and it 
just sounds so shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this next verse, this is a mighty Mormon verse. This is one of the ones that when you sit in Sunday school and they ask you, what verses touched you this week? Become a mighty Mormon Power Ranger. For behold, I am God. And we're talking about God the Father again now because it just oh, says God, not Lord God. Just God. I am a God of miracles. And oh. I will show unto the world that I am the same yesterday, oh. today, and forever, that I work not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. He changes all the time. God has more emotions than me. This guy's <laughs> all over the fucking place. Yeah, he's like, I will show unto the world that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, but I don't do anything unless you have faith. Uh. So he's not really showing us anything. God needs therapy. Was that three verses for me? It was, wasn't it? So it's back over to Sister yeah. Patience. And again, it shall come to pass that the Lord shall say unto him that shall read the words that shall be delivered him. Oh, he's still trying to deliver the fucking book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still haven't got to the book delivery yet. For as much as this people draw near unto me with their mouth, oh, and with their lips do honour me. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a lady honour you with her lips, Paul? Sounds very Japanese porn-like. <laughs> honour me with your suction. <laughs> Christy's just shaking her head. She um, can't handle it. <laughs> and we just lost our Japanese audience. And with their lips do honour me, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear towards me is taught by the precepts of men. So he's basically saying people fear him because other men tell them to fear him. Yeah, that's like a teaching of men and not a teaching yeah. of God. <laughs> this is the same God who wipes you out with flood and pestilence if you don't do what he says. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to be scared of you because men told me to. I'm going to be scared of you because you keep saying you're going to kill people if they don't oh, believe in you. Even Nephi specifically <laughs> said, I'm not going to tell you anything about what Isaiah meant, but I am going to talk to you about God's judgments. That's the important thing. Judgmental bastard. Therefore, I will proceed to do a marvellous work among this people. Yay! Yay. A marvellous work and a wonder. Oh, there's that phrase again, the marvellous work and wonder. <laughs> For the wisdom of their wise and learned shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent shall be hid. Yoga Christie. And woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, and they say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? And they also say, Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. What the fuck? Yeah. But behold, I will show unto them, saith the Lord of hosts, that I know all their works. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? Oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Burn. Take down. Torch <laughs> that ass. I have no idea. I can't even remember what they told me that was meant to mean. That's just such shitty writing. I just can't. <laughs> but behold, saith the Lord of hosts, I will show unto the children of men that it is yet a very little while and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. When was the last time Lebanon was considered a fruitful field? Mm. Isn't it a desert? Yeah, pretty much. Isn't all of the Middle East pretty much a desert? Why do people yeah. want to live there so much? Because it's God's chosen land. It's fucked. You can't do anything there. God's favourite planet, God's favourite location on that planet, you know, that tiny little circle around Jerusalem. And I bet if I ever visited there, I'd feel so underwhelmed. Well, it, it is a fucking desert. You think of all the places in the world to fight over. Mm. It's not a beautiful beach or a mountainside. Yeah. God clearly didn't get a lot of real estate advice before he bought that block of land for these people? No. He paid way too much for that inner city apartment that just doesn't quite work. It does have a really solid door, though, the tomb. Yeah. Great yeah. apartment. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. You have to share it with other dead people, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the catacombs aren't too pleasant. You want one of those just for yourself. You don't want to be boxed in. Uh. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. They're doing that night vision thing again. Because if you were deaf or blind, the very first thing that you would want to see or hear is the words of this book, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I'd be like, that, that would just rock your world. I, I would. Oh. I think I would just pluck my eyes straight back out of my head. 
not worth it. And the meek also shall increase, and their joy shall be in the Lord. And the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Well, not that fellow that they gave 40 bucks and told him to fuck off. No, well, he wasn't rejoicing in the Lord. That was the problem. Ah, right, right, right. Jesus likes the gangbang, apparently, and he wants as many people as possible to rejoice inside him. He's a very social man. He is. Mm. And they that make... Hang on, you skipped 31. I skipped 31. For assuredly, as the Lord liveth, they shall see that the terrible one is brought to naught. (laughs) The scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity are cut off. They're cutting things off again, Paul. I don't like this. And they that make a man an offender for a word and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. Are they talking about people getting cancelled or what? An offender for a word. Oh, sorry, I said the wrong thing. Oh. All right, well, Sister Patience, last three verses. All See right. if there's some sort of conclusion in this one. There won't be. <laughs> So I'm going to shit all over it instead. Okay, do that. Therefore, thus saith the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale. Oh, wow. Well, He's gone goth. He's really waxing poetic this evening, isn't he? He's trying some new analogies, some new phrases. He's trying to pull out his inner Shakespeare but not quite making it. That's exactly it. All right, let's finish this thing. But when he seeth his children, the work of my hands in the midst of him. Wow, he's got his hands in the midst of him, Paul. What's going on there? They shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and shall fear the God of Israel. He's just talking earlier about not fearing him and now we're fearing him. I wish he'd make up his fucking mind. Yes. Verse 35, last one. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. Oh, Ooh, That sounds no. boring. We're going to have to learn it, apparently. That's what the verse says. Now, I had hoped we'd get through 28, but I think we've done enough, hey? Yeah, it's been nearly two hours Yeah. Now, so. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get Christy on again sometime. If she'll have us. If she will come back. Sure. Maybe a chapter that makes slightly more sense. There's got to be some narrative someday. And then I think from Jacob, which is the next book, we get back to a bit of story time. So that's why they're bringing up the house of Jacob and the holy one of Jacob. Yeah, it's like Nephi making his final point before he dies. Oh, well, Paul, Christy, it's been a pleasure. As always. So we'll be back in a few days to record Brother Brandon's next episode. Oh, yes, yes, we will be. So that'll Which be fun. Which will be also on Patreon. So sign Yay! up for that. Then. Sign Good up for episodes. Patreon. Give us your money. Oh, my God. That last one with Brandon just has some of the wackiest stories in it, like stuff you haven't told before. Yes. Uh, both you and him had some really funny stories. So yes, and there will be more of that. So yes, Patreons, for a little bit of insight into Mormon history, <laughs> join Patreon and listen to Brother Brandon because it's great. I am going to celebrate when I wake up tomorrow morning I'm a free man. Oh, does that mean you have to go to work? No, no, it means I'm allowed to leave my house. All right. Luckily, I don't go back to work till Monday, so I've got a little bit more time. Basically, my whole holiday has just been solitary confinement. Have you had to do a lot of tests up your nose? No, you take a test and then if you're positive, you just have to wait seven days after you took the test, huh. which for me was Wednesday last week. Huh. Looking at my phone, yay, tomorrow's Wednesday. So does that mean you did test positive? Yeah, yeah, I tested positive. Oh, okay. I think in the last episode, you've done the test, but you haven't got the results back. Yeah, the results took the fucking effort too. Yeah. <laughs> you posted your results on Facebook. I should turn that into the cover for this episode. But yes, tomorrow I can venture out and do things outside. Might even interact with a human or two, see how... I go. Tell us your stories, Paul. Keep us posted. I'll have so many new stories next week. You're going to get so aroused. <laughs> oh, yes. Cool. But anyway, on that note, everybody, stay safe. Keep the rona away. Keep it spiritual. Keep it scriptural. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Yay! <laughs>